Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and I'm your Avail Media host, as well as lead pastor of Vertical Church, aka Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. Today, we're talking with Rob Ketterling about his new book, Speed of Unity. Rob is the founding pastor of River Valley Church with his wife, Becca, for over 25 years. Lean in as Pastor Rob describes the incredibly multiplying power of unity. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. We love getting together with amazing leaders, uh, ministry leaders, church leaders, pastors, uh, marketplace leaders that are helping us, uh, challenging us, encouraging us to take our leadership to the next level. And as every time, we never disappoint here at Avail Leadership. We have an amazing leader. Uh, today, we are actually with Pastor Rob Ketterling, who is the founding pastor of River Valley Church, along with his wife, Becca, over 25 years ago, they planted this church. Um, I read some interesting things uh, on his website. Uh, Rob's unique and practical teaching style and vision casting and gifts of leadership. He's able to impact people in all walks of life. And I love that about pastors and leaders who just connect with everybody. Rob likes to describe himself as a white collar thinker with a blue collar work ethic. Someone who can get along with anyone, no matter what their background or status. Uh, Rob is the author of books such as Change Before You Have To, Thrill Sequence, Front Row Leadership, Fix It, and his latest release, which we will be focusing on in this podcast, which is Speed of Unity. In addition to leading River Valley Church, he also serves on several organizational boards. Pastor Rob, I'm so pumped to get into this conversation today. How are you feeling to be on the Avail Leadership Podcast? Man, I am feeling good, especially after that introduction. I'm like, all right, let's do this. But yes, I'm doing great. Good to be with you. <laughs> I was going to have some like, you know, background music and some- It epic. needed it. <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe we can put that in, in post-production. Um, uh, I'm excited, uh, Pastor Rob, to just, you know, to, to hear from you, uh, your heart. Uh, I know that the book is Speed of Unity, but before we kind of go and dive into the book- yeah. I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself and your journey. There's always new leaders connecting. There's ministry leaders, there's pastors, there's marketplace leaders, and some of them might might be getting to know you here on this podcast. So can you share a little bit about you and your journey? Yeah, yeah. I'll, it's amazing. You see where we are now today, and I tell people, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. <laughs> like, I want to fill in on the story of what has happened. But we, we started our church um, 25 years ago with 13 people in a Bible study. Wow. Two people quit the very first night and left 11. And of the 11, I was either related to the nine or promised them a job. So I only had two real people that first night and uh, that stayed with me. And then I financed the whole church on my credit cards. I put $100,000 on Visa Gold credit card at 21% interest and started River Valley Church. This is before... ARC or Church Multiplication Network, which I'm on both of those boards. No one would give us money and we just started the church. And uh, man, we did it the hard way. We, I tell everybody, I broke every barrier, the 100 barrier, 200, 400, 800, 1,000, 5,000, the multi-site. We had to break every barrier on our way to 10,000 people, which was pre-COVID. We had 10,000 on a weekend. 
21,000 uh, that Easter in person. Then COVID was like zero in person. Um, <laughs> but it was, it just has been a, an incredible journey. Our church is uh, driven by missions. We we love missions. We do 50 missions trips a year. Wow. Uh, we give millions, like uh, almost 6 million to world missions annually wow. above our budget. So it's just taken off and the church has exceeded our wildest dreams. We we thought we'd grow to be a church of a thousand and, and here we are 10,000. We're back to like I think we're back to almost 6,000 in the building yeah. and uh, believing that more are going to come back. But man, what a journey. That is awesome. Um, can I just ask, are, are you guys, is, are the campuses all focused in on one city or region or are they, you know, throughout a state? It's a great question because right now we have eight campuses in Minnesota, mm -hmm. all within two hours of each other. And then we have one in Swaziland that was like a care point. And so... It was a care point for orphans that turned into a feeding center, that turned into a school, turned into a church. So that's also going. Wow. And then we do believe that we're going to start going it, it national, at least somewhere. I'm praying that it's somewhere where there's no snow and uh, we'll start another campus there, uh, most likely Florida. Uh, a lot of people are moving there. Yeah. And then branch out and start more campuses there. And then we're looking at micro church, trying to figure out how that works. If we can have more locations all around, but we have our online campus, which we had count as our campus. Like the other day we had our newcomers class. There was not one person from Minnesota there. Wow. They were from Germany, Kansas, uh, England. They were from uh, all over the world and not one person from Minnesota. That is unbelievable. Now, wow. Okay, I have so many questions, but before we, before we get, for those watching the video, they're seeing a bowling pin behind you. I'm assuming maybe you're in your office or, or somebody's seeing a bowl. Can you just tell, because you mentioned to me a little bit about it, and I think it's really yeah. interesting, that bowling well, pin. Everybody thinks it's because I'm a big bowler or because I bowled a 300 game, and it's not. <laughs> um, it's just to remind me, my grandfather uh, was an immigrant from Russia. He was actually a German living in Russia. And his whole family came here at the turn of the century in 1901. And his first job after being on the farm, uh, he came to the big city and he found a job setting up bowling pins. Mm -hmm. And he actually was at the end of the bowling alley up in the you know, like area and you bowl. And then the pins, he would set the pins up and then drop new pins in. And I'm thinking, to think of our family going from setting up bowling pins, then my father was an auto mechanic, then I had the privilege of being the first one to go to college. Yeah. Now I'm a pastor. Um, I don't get my hands dirty <laughs> at all, you know? I work with dirty souls, I guess, you know? I don't know. But like, Unless you're dog sitting. Unless I'm dog sitting, which right, okay. you saw last time. But, you know. <laughs> so the bowling pin reminds me, never complain. I could be at the end yeah, of a bowling alley or my job could have been eliminated with automation. Um, but it just shows how far our family has come in just a little over a hundred years. Yeah. And 
never complain. So I can't complain if I don't get the free upgrade. I've got to just remember the bowling pin. That's good. That's good. I think we all need uh, reminders like that. Okay. So, so you, you just explained it kind of on a family level, a generational level, but now let's, let's talk leadership. Uh, we're on the Avail Leadership Podcast and we have leaders leaning in from all parts of the States and even abroad internationally. Um, your book, your newest book, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken, it came out this year, 2021. Yes, just came uh, out. It, Speed of unity. Now you're now now. Let me just be honest here. You are you are you are doing a great job. You guys are killing it. Um, you have uh, multiple campuses. You know, right around the ten thousand people attending. You know, yeah. there's obviously pre-COVID numbers, and in Jesus' name, that's going to multiply now Come on. after COVID. Um, there's got to be some amazing insight. We're talking about over 25 years since you planted the church. Right. Some amazing insight God has given you to write this book, Speed of Unity, because there's no way you can get to that level unless there's unity, obviously. But the question is, you know, I, I've heard churches that do what you guys have done maybe in 50 years, you know, or, or, or you know, or even longer. Um, let's talk about Speed of Unity. Tell us, talk to us about the heart behind it. How did this come about? We want to walk on that, that journey with you. Yeah, because people would ask, just like you did, like, what's the secret? You you went from 11 people, you financed all this money on your credit card, you grew, and now you're giving all this money to missions. What's the secret? And just like everybody else, I was like, I need to figure out the secret. <laughs> and I knew we were doing something right. I just didn't know how to say it. Um, and I knew that we had vision which we can talk about in a minute, but I thought this is bigger than just having vision because there's mm -hmm. people with vision and they're not getting the same return. Mm -hmm. And I realized we we did our values and, and one of them that jumped out the page was unity. Mm. And I realized, I think unity is a key to what's going on. And as I dug into it more, I just thought, okay, the Bible must say something about speeds and, and things like, and I actually found what I believe to be the speed of unity, but that that's what it was. It was like, wait a minute, how come things are going so well? You do have vision and you do have talent. I mean, you, you can't do big things without talent, but it was right, like, right. there's a bigger piece than talent. What is making your talent greater than the return? And, and you might say, oh, well, it's God. No, I get that too. Yeah, yeah, God is helping all of us get a greater return for our talent. But there is soil that things grow in that God can multiply even more effectively. Yeah, and I think unity is that soil that He can multiply our gifts in more effectively. That's so good. You know, it, it, it's so true. Sometimes when you're experiencing a certain level of success, or I mean, you're hitting some marks and some goals that maybe everybody's not hitting. Sometimes it's hard to put your finger on it. So you, so you're going through this process. People are asking you, "Hey, what's the secret?" Or you know, "How do you do this?" And you're thinking, "Okay, well, there's this, there's this," and then all of a sudden, unity pops up. Right? Yeah. Unity. Now, the whole concept of speed of unity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what I do is I love. I love to go through the Bible and just like, all right, God, you have to have some insights in this. You know, even when I was losing weight years ago and I wrote my first book, Change Before You Have To, I found it in the story of Josiah. Like it, there's always an example in the Bible there for us. So I was like, okay, God, where is unity? Where? And I, I was actually looking for what's the fastest speed we could go at. And so I found in Amos uh, chapter 3, 3, it says, can two people walk together unless they agree? And I thought, okay, that's really cool. The speed of agreement 
allows us to walk together. Like, okay. And then of course I remembered Habakkuk 2, 2, which so many preachers and leaders quote, like, you know, write the vision down, make it plain. So the herald may run, run. with it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, running is the speed of vision, but where's speed of unity? Where's, is there a faster speed? I didn't even know speed of unity. And all of a sudden I get to Genesis with the tower of Babel. And I realize God speaks to them and says, that these people are like one, nothing is impossible to them. And then I realized in Psalm 133, he talks about behold unpleasant and good it is when people are dwelling together in unity. It's like oil running down Aaron's beard, which implies anointing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I realized in Acts, the Lord pours out his Holy Spirit on Pentecost, it says they were all in one accord in one place, like in unity. And I started to realize the speed of unity means nothing is impossible. The speed mm-hmm. of unity. And then, you know, you, once you get onto something, you just start digging in and digging in. And I realized the Trinity moves at the speed of unity. <laughs> the Father sent the Son. The Son sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Jesus glorifies the Father. But I mean, and Jesus says, I pray, Father, that they would be one like you and I are one. And he's even telling us, guys, do you understand the unity that me and the Father have that the Holy Spirit, do you understand? <laughs> so it just boom it blows my mind well then you can't let it go when when a, when you get this new insight then you then you just gotta teach on it and you gotta write on it and then it became a book so that's where it came from i love that so the first as you're as the chapter is entitled in the book the first gear speed of agreement we right. can walk together Second gear, speed of vision. Hey, we can run Habakkuk, right? And yep. then, then the, the what you call the top gear, speed of unity. Nothing is impossible, and right. and, and you see it throughout. You see it from them, Genesis, all the way, all the way throughout. You know, you, you know Psalms. You see it throughout the you know yes. in, in, in yes. Gospels. You see it in Jesus, and so this this is what God places on your heart. Obviously, you're a pastor, you're a leader. Um, speed of unity. You're, you're you're putting two, you're putting two and two together, saying, okay, yeah, we have vision. That's great. You know, yeah. there's agreement. There's a lot of good things happening, but this unity thing, there's something there. Yeah, and it 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 jumped off the page because, well, starting with uh, agreement, I I won't say what churches I was at, and in the book I try to change names and do things, but I mean, I was at a church once, and we didn't even like each other, you know, and we're wondering why we aren't growing. We didn't even have the speed of agreement. Right. And the church is stalled and they're not getting, you know, and people say like, what do you mean? You like, like, we didn't like each other. We didn't hang out with each other. We didn't talk to each other. The, the most uh, valuable thing in our church was the stamp machine that said property of youth group. Keep your hands off. I mean, we did not like each other. Wow. And so you could have a staff meeting and poof, people would leave. I remember once the music pastor was like, hey, I noticed you took an hour and a half lunch and, you know, you're only supposed to get an hour. And I was like, listen, you ever keep track of my lunch time again? You and I are going to have issues. And I was like, I was with a kid from the youth group and don't you ever keep track of me. Like, we didn't like each other. Yeah, yeah. So we couldn't agree on anything. And so we're wondering why there's no forward momentum. Mm. The, the If you can't get to the speed of agreement, all you have is like, you're existing. 
That's it. And you're actually probably declining. Yep. And if you're not declining, it only means that you have a product that people need and they yeah. must get from you. Because think about this, when, when you're trying to go to lunch with a group of people, you're stalled at the workplace or a park or wherever, and you have to agree where to go. And as soon as you agree where to, you're going to go, what does everybody do? They walk to their car mm -hmm. and they make progress. Yeah. And so when you're not agreeing, you're like, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And no nobody's progress. moving. Yeah. There's action, but there's not forward progress. Mm -hmm. And once you get an agreement, then we can walk towards the objective. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I, I realized. That's sad to be on a team or a staff or an organization that you yeah. don't even agree with each other. <laughs> you, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, might hear this and want to start crying because they might, you might be describing exactly, you know, what it's like at, at this moment. But the, so here's the, here's the reality is we all can find ourselves in these situations and environments, but there's hope. There's a possibility. I think that's what, that's the heart of this book is that yeah. it's possible to get out of that rut, to get out of that kind of stuck, stagnant, you know, not, not, not progressing forward. So can you speak a little bit, Pastor Rob, into, let's say there's some people listening right now, and that's what they find themselves in, an environment where there just hasn't been much forward progress. Maybe there is that kind of just not really together. Can something be done? What, what, what are your tips? What, what insight and wisdom would you bring to somebody, even a leader who's finding themselves and saying, man, if I'm honest, this is us. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, I put those tips in each category from agreement, vision to uh, unity in, in the book because of that. And then the other thing people ask me, can I skip the steps? Like we're in so much trouble. We just want to run at the speed of unity. Like you can't, you, yeah. you, you, you got to build on it. And the, the speed of agreement is transactional. Like we agree on where we're going to go and we're going to be friends in this. And it, it might require, uh, well, it's going to require you to get in a position where you can negotiate the terms of agreement, if you will. Yeah. Sounds like you're a hostage, but you're not. The, <laughs> you're going to negotiate the uh, terms of the agreement. Like, here's what we're agreeing to do. And it's transactional and it feels kind of shallow. But when you're not even in the speed of agreement, you got to sit down and say, okay, what do we agree? Are we, this is my role. This is your role. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even job descriptions can help the speed of agreement. Expectations being clearly defined. Like I thought that was yours. No, that was mine. I yeah. thought that was, you know, so clearly defining the expectations uh, and, and setting those, those parameters, if you will, the ground rules. If you have the ground rules in place, you can agree. This is the time to show up. This is what we do. This is the paper we use. This is the, you know what I mean? And you get, at least the ground rules are defined. I agree, you agree. And it's transactional. And it's an honest day's work, honest day's pay, boom, transactional. Those are some things that you can do. Now, if you can't get the, to that level, like I remember like, Asking my first pastor, like, what do you want us to do? He's like, love God and love people. And I, that's a really great slogan. But I was like, but from from nine to five, while I'm here, where are we going? We're going to love God or love people. Okay. Do you want me here at nine? Do you want, it was, 
and and everything was on a notebook, and the notebook would get lost, and you're you're just like, we agreed to that, and and I I realized like I had to keep my own notes because we'd agree, and then nobody kept record, and then we'd forget what we agreed to, and so you've got to write it down, you got to document, you got to get the groundwork done, clarity, right? Clear, a lot of clarity, clarity clarity and ask those questions and don't assume anything and document, document, document. You know, I think, I think that having very practical tips, like what you're saying right now, even though it sounds maybe um, it sounds, it can sound elementary. It's key. It and is. The, the truth is you can't get to, to speed of unity until you first walk through speed of agreement, speed of vision. Um, you know, I think one of the things I've noticed is I'm leading a team and a staff as well here here at, at Vertical Church in, in South Florida um, is that no matter how much you want to run and go, you have to be willing to do the hard work. And sometimes it's harder at the beginning, but once you set it in place, then it allows that flow to come, right? And, and, and I'm, I'm even thinking of, um, you know, you were giving that example of just even not liking each other, which, which sometimes is just a matter of having a, having a heart-to-heart talk. Sometimes it's just yeah. a matter of, of, hey, can I just be open and, you know, be, be willing to be vulnerable and have, have a hard conversation that's going to end up opening, releasing the pressure, you know? Um, have yeah, you we've seen lost that, that. We've lost that skill, though. Like, I remember when I grew up, and I'm not that old, but I remember, it sounds like one of those old guy stories, but um, when I grew up, we'd, we'd play baseball in the backyards and we'd say, you know, okay, we don't have enough players. So you can't hit the ball to the right side of that bush. Cause that's an, that's a foul ball because we don't have enough players over there and anything over their fence is an automatic home run. And what, you know what I mean? And then if you disagreed on something, you'd have to do a do-over or, you know, and if you, and you had to negotiate and you had to learn how to agree, we don't know how to agree. We show up and we don't even know how to agree. And so the ground rules, although they seem mundane, allow us to even play the game. They allow us to show up for work. They allow us to feel good about getting started on the project or the thing that we're aiming for. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think I think sometimes we we're missing out on something that's so key. And I, and I would I would even just say to, to some leaders that are listening right now, ha- having a having a having a lunch with one or two of those people that you just have some disconnection with could really go a long way. Listen to them, see where they are, um, uh, because we we're wanting to get to the speed of unity, but we're we're not we're not even at a place where other people want to be united with us. So I think it's so important to, to consider all these things that you're, that you're talking about, Pastor Rob, what, what, what would you say? What would you say? Let's say, let's say as a leader and an organization, we've hit the speed of agreement. We're on the same page. We agree. We, we've hit the speed of vision. There's, there's clarity about where we're headed, where we want to be, who we want to be, where we want to go. And we're getting in kind of getting into that top gear range of speed of unity what have you seen from your experience, you know, at River Valley or even watching other pastors and churches that, that you can see this in action, right? What are some of those factors? What are some of those components? What are, what are some of those things that you identify? This is, this is, this is it. Like, I, this is what it's about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why when I, when I did the book, um, 
I, I just had a speed of unity on the cover and then, you know, my name and then forward by John Maxwell. You got to make that really big that John Maxwell did the forward, <laughs> almost like he wrote the book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, you need the second line. I go, what do you mean? They said, you got your title, but you need the next line on the cover. Uh-huh. And they said, tell me something about speed of unity. And I said, you'll know it when you feel it. And they're like, uh-huh. that's it. That's going on the cover. And so the first thing I'll say is, the thing that's so amazing about Speed of Unity is you know it when you feel it. Mm. Ain't the agreement, you have to negotiate for it. The vision, you have to write it down. Here's where we're going. This is the vision, okay? But a great unity, you'll feel it. It's, mm. it's part art. It's part leadership. It's part family. It's part friendship. It's spiritual. It's emotional. It engages all of you. And that's the thing that I, it's not like step one for unity. Say you like each other. Step two, you know, it's like that's agreement, (laughs) but okay. So you know it when you feel it and it's, it feels like everything is dialed in. Like, just feels good. And there are certain times like, oh, I just, there's so many examples. Like if you rent a car and it's a brand new car and it's a nice model and you get in it and it's dialed in and you just feel like this feels so good. The seats are right. The car is right. The engine is right. The tires are right. But then you get in like a used car and the, the wheels are needing to be replaced. It's out of balance. The steering wheel's a little crooked and, it, and you're fighting it a little bit. And, the, and it, you know, you, you put your elbow on the armrest and it's a little sticky. And you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't feel, and you almost feel like, man, we need to get this in alignment and a tune-up or whatever. So you know it when you feel it. Mm. And you there's there's different things that um, you feel, and, and feel free to jump in on any of these. Like, yeah. and I'll jump in more, but like, um, like the first thing I'd say is like when when I see someone that I'm in speed of unity with, I get a lift. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. Like when I see people that I'm unified with, that I like, that I'm going after a vision and and there's nothing in the way with them. When I see them, it's like, oh, there they are. You know, and you you get excited and you see. It pulls you up. Yeah. Like I popped in on one of our campuses today and I walked in and there's the campus pastor and I'm like, hey, Zeus, how you doing, man? And and I see him, he sees me. There's no hindrance. It's like lift. And everybody in the office, there was a lift because there's a unity. Now, what if the last time I was at his campus, I was like, your sound is terrible. You guys are a bunch of jerks. If I walked in there, he'd have been, well, first of all, that'd be bad leader. But secondly, <laughs> if I walked in there, which I don't do that stuff. If I walked in there and, and we had issues, he'd be like, hey, and he wouldn't get a lift. Right. What happens when you and I see someone that we are not in unity with? Our stomach flips. Yeah. I know for me, I get that little joop. And it's like a little adrenaline rush in my stomach. It feels like a stomach yeah, ache yeah. might be coming on. And, yeah, yeah. oh, no. And you're like, oh, did we make eye t- contact? Now I got to say something. Oh, what's something non-threatening <laughs> that I can get out of? Because I just want to be cordial. Because, uh, hey, good, good yeah. to see you. Weather's crazy. Bye. You know? Oh, so it's hard. When, I, when you're in the speed of unity, you'll know when you feel it. And first thing is, you get a lift. Um Second thing, like you don't second guess. You don't second guess the people. Like right. when you're having the speed of unity, if you tell me something, you say, hey, we got to do this. We got to get this done. I don't, but why? Why? 
And are you sure your thoughts answer? In the speed of unity, I don't second guess. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to move with you because I trust you in that way. Right. Um, oh, there's so many. Here's one. Like, we laugh with each other. If you have the speed of unity, you are laughing. Like, right now in our interview here on the podcast, like, we're, we're having fun together. There's Connect. laughter. Yeah. There's humor. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was to make a blunder, you'd probably spin it into a joke. And, you know, there's that's... A flow. There's a flow. Yes, there's a... Yeah. And it's, you know, I've been in places and they're so uptight. And, and sometimes people will say, like, your church has so much laughter and humor. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's good. Yeah. And, and we can laugh with each other. We can even laugh at each other. We're not like, stop it, you know. We're able to. There's a joy that's there. Yeah, I totally, I totally get it. And 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 I and you're and you're so right with that line. You'll know it when you feel it because it's true. Sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's hard to describe in a, in a word or two or or with a concept. It's just kind of like man. It's, you know, I, t- I sometimes I'll tell my wife. You know, we we pastor and we lead together, and I'll tell her, man things are flowing so good, you know, like, yeah. like you feel it. Like, could you sense the room? Could you sense how that meeting went, how that, how that staff meeting went or, or man, that really went well. I'm so glad we talked about this. It was a hard issue. We talked about it and boom, everybody kind of got through it. And, and you feel that, you feel that sense of we are in rhythm. We are in flow. You know, I'm a yeah. musician, so there's nothing like feeling like you're in the pocket, you know, like it's flowing. Boom. Like, oof, you're on I rhythm. I put that in my book. Yes. I put that in my book about being in the pocket, you know, but we'll go there. But uh, (laughs) just, I was going to say this, like, you'll know when you feel it in the last week, I've been in multiple restaurants. My wife and I were on vacation and you would walk into some restaurants and it was like, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. And they're all, you know, like they're speaking the same language Uh and it's literally, and then I walked into one and I'm like, I don't think anybody here is happy. I really don't think I don't, I'm not sure they're making our sandwich with love right now because no pleasure. No pleasure. I don't think mm-mm, mm-mm, they might as well say we hate being here. We could not get a job at the other place. I mean, it just felt. And yet like, okay, I'll give you another one. Like I was in a Starbucks and no, nothing wrong with that Starbucks. It was perfectly fine. That Starbucks. I went to another Starbucks on the same vacation and that manager had them in tune, man. You could feel the manager was cranking. There was harmony. You could tell they liked each other. There was just, there was a joy. And both of them were good, but one had the speed of unity. Yeah. The other one had the speed of vision. I could feel it. Okay. Okay. So, so, <laughs> you know, <sighs> when you experience it, when you feel it, you know it, you, you know, yeah. you sense it. Um, how do you really, really, this is a culture thing. This is a culture yeah. thing. Yeah. Because what you're saying right now, it's the same chain, Starbucks, right? But the same chain, different franchise, you know, different location, same chain. They have the same ingredients. They have the same, you know, you know, drinks, the same, you know, but, but one leader de- de- developed a culture where they're running with the speed of unity, right? Because there's just, yep. so, so how do you ingrain this unity concept into the culture? Because this is obviously something at the center of, of who you guys are as a church, who you are as a leader. Right. But, but how do you make it become part of the culture? Yeah, so when you said in the pocket, that, that is exactly the language that I mm-hmm. use in the book. Because, okay, I'll use this example. In any band, there are two people that are key to the band, mm-hmm. okay? The drummer and the bass guitarist. Mm-hmm. 
You do the little bass guitar side yeah. for those that couldn't see it. You were playing the bass. Are you a bass player? I'm not. I'm not. Okay, but you did it totally like I'm, yeah, because they got they, they're the they're we call it we used to call it when in, in my band, we used to call it they're the they're the uh they're the um like the the vertebra the vertebrae. They they hold yes. it together. Yes. And so when a when a bass and a drum are in tune, the drummer and yeah. the bass player, it's called being in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're not in the pocket, it, yeah. it, it, the whole rest of the band, doesn't matter how good you are, you can't follow. And so the key to having the speed of unity, I talk about that in the book, is, is there's the leader and the key leaders are responsible for protecting the unity. Yeah. But they are either a bass player or a drummer. And so in a church, it'd be the pastor and the staff or the pastor and the board. In an organization, it'd be the CEO and the VPs. It, 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 you see what I'm saying? If we're yeah. not in, and if they're not in the pocket, could you imagine like, okay, take an NFL. Imagine if the owner of the team and the general manager and the coach and the quarterback all have different ideas on how to win, on how to achieve what they want to do, what they need. They're not going anywhere. Right. But when the owner says to the GM, this is what I want, the GM says, that's exactly what I want. He hires a coach that, boom, does exactly, hires a quarterback, exactly. When they are in unity, they, boom, 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 it works. And so leaders have to protect the unity. And it's absolutely critical if you're going to have that culture. And here's the other thing. Not reading too much into Psalm 133, but the oil that was poured on Aaron was poured on his head and it flows down the beard onto his robe. I think unity comes from the top down. Yeah. It has to. It has to come from the top down. And so the leader has to protect the unity. Um, I remember a story about Urban Meyer when he was coaching, I don't know if it was Ohio State. I think it was Ohio State at the time. And his captains came to him and they said, you know, you're being too hard. You're being too this. You're being too that. And he said, listen. You are not in unity with me. And when you get in unity with me, we will start winning. <laughs> and it was basically, I'm here and you're not here. You better get here. And then they got there and then they went on and won the national championship. Have you ever, have you ever wanted to say that to somebody on your ministry team? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. I've done that. I, I tell the story in the book too. I talked to, I had two staff members that didn't like each other. And I said, you have till Friday to love each other. And if you don't love each other, I'm firing both of you, you know? <laughs> That's good. I they love loved that. each other, by the way. They they yeah. eventually did. Yes, that, that's good. You know, on going back to the musical reference, you know, um, you know, it's it's important. Again, speaking as a musician, you know, the bass player and the drummer, you know, they kind of hold it together. Yes, but they got but they got to listen to each other. You know, they have to hear. You know, they have to hear. Nowadays, our, a lot of our musicians use in ear monitors, right? Because they, you know, they, they have to make sure that they're listening. And yes. Because if you're not hearing each other, then you're there's no way, there's no way you can be on you know, on beat, on rhythm. And then all the other instruments have to be in tune and aligned with the key of the, you know, the key of the song, you know. And That's the, it, you're the, getting the, it. Yeah, I love it, I love it. Hey, in music, leadership, church, this is like heaven. <laughs> um, um, so good. So um, I, I was looking at another chapter title uh, uh, in the book, which is Big Tower, Wrong Goals. Yeah. You know, uh, we may have touched on some of that already, but but what's the heart of that that chapter? Well, here's the part, and I'll actually give two references because I talk about in the Tower of Babel, it was a big tower with the wrong goal. They were trying to make a name for themselves and be gods unto themselves. Yeah. And then I also use this, and I use the example, and anytime you do this, you got to be very careful, but I use the example of Hitler. 
Hitler built a big tower with the wrong goal. Right. He was an evil person right. that tapped into the speed of unity. Yeah. See, God doesn't say that the speed of unity is only for his purposes. He's saying the speed of unity means nothing is impossible. Right. Like, okay, let's get out of Germany and let's go to America right now. Yeah. The thing that is killing us is that we're not moving at the speed of unity. We have right. stopped being Americans and we've started to be uh, Republicans and Democrats. We've started to be in white, black, brown. We started to be boom, boom. And we're intersectionality. We're starting to boom, 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 boom. I'm a this, 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 this. And this is my group and I only like my group. No. Right. The way you get at the speed of unity is you move to the high level. You know what? America would say, we're all Americans. Right. And we want what's best for everyone. That's what needs. So as long as we break down like this and we, us versus them versus them, you're never going to see it. And so we've got to have this, this, this good tower, big tower, good goal, but unity can be used in the worst way because a group could be unified in hate mm-hmm. and then their power starts to grow and yeah, because yeah. boom, 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 they're marching as one, they become unstoppable. Well, we'd rather see the, the, the power of this be used for good to help many rather than hurt. That's so good. That's, and it's so true. Um, that's a great reference. Big tower angles. Cause you could be, you could be extremely united in your organization, your company, but just not be headed in the direction that God wants you to be headed into. Right. Um, so good. So good. Um, as we're kind of heading to the final stretch in a few moments here, Pastor Rob, you know, I know that I know the speed of unity, which is your latest book. This is on your heart. Is there anything else that you're just passionate about or or just the Lord's got your attention on regarding leadership, the church ministry? Anything else that right now in this moment, you're just like, man, I, I'm leaning towards this. I'm put, leaning into this or I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm passionate about this. Anything that's just passion on you on your heart right now? Yeah, I mean, we are really trying to figure out how the church is going to look on the other side of COVID. Mm. Um, Because everybody became a televangelist or a podcast or whatever. Essentially, we all had to do it. Right. And some did it amazing, some didn't. And then we've noticed your smaller churches have been able to come back in attendance more because there seems to be a safety in smaller numbers and it's more controllable who had COVID, who didn't, was I exposed? And so we're trying to figure out how's the church going to move forward? Is there a new micro church? And by that, like, will people go to church a couple weeks out of the month online and then show up one big day and have like a a potluck dinner almost, you know, and really be together and then separate. And I don't know. So we're really leaning into that right now. I'm grieved in my spirit about world missions right now. Um, Think about it. It has come to a grinding halt. Like we have missionaries that want to get back into their country. We have, we, they don't want to get back too soon because they don't want to be blamed as the COVID exposure. You know, then you've got people that we used to do short-term trips. Well, people that go on short-term trips many times get called to be long-term. None of that's happening. Right. I'm, I'm, I mean, if you got me started on this, I mean, I've been obsessed with the world's poor being steamrolled by COVID. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Those of us that were able to work from home in our laptop and our ivory tower are like rich people in castles, keeping ourselves away from the, the disease while the rest of the world dies. The poorest of the poor need us to be brave to yeah. get the economy going as fast as we can, as logically as we can. So I'm just obsessed with what's going to happen to the poor. Like, how are we going to help lift them up? We, yeah. we lost so much ground. So the poor missions and then post COVID church, those are things that I am just yeah. obsessing about right now. That's good, man. We need, we need the Lord's help and guidance. You know, you know, we have a, uh, we have a daughter church in uh, Barranquilla, Colombia, uh, you know, which is in South America, Northern coast of Colombia. Yep. And we have, you know, we, we generally every year have some short-term mission trips that we do and yeah. some trainings and, and a lot of help. And we have not been able to do that. And uh, um, we're praying and hoping for that opportunity to open. And plus they've been very restricted, you know, cause a lot of these other countries, depending on where they are, have been even more, more tightly restricted because they don't have the infrastructure to, to right. you know, hospitals and all this to really contain, you know, spread. So it, it's just, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, and I'm with you. I think, I think it's time to just, Lord, how can we get creative? How can we get bold and, and courageous and just be able to push this ball back forward? Because it really feels like a lot of the missions have come to a halt in a lot of ways. Right. So uh, this is an important season for us to grow, to learn, you know, to, to maximize and leverage technology as much as we can as well. You know, I think, I think I, I was on a call with a, a pastor who's actually making great, great impact in Japan. And he says that the impact is open. The door that's opened up is the ability to do church online in a yeah. way that they weren't doing it before, which is now getting them into circles and homes and places that they never would have reached before. So, you know, I, I think that there's, there's a, you know, there's a way yeah. that the Lord is just opening interesting ways and doors of doing things. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I don't know if it's the same person in Japan, but the guy I was talking to, he's like, we've launched over a dozen new churches that have never met physically. They're all Facebook churches. And once the restrictions are lifted, we're all going to meet each other for the first time. I was like, dude, that is awesome. I don't think America would go for that, but it's yeah. working in Japan. Yeah. And you're right. There's going to be a new way of thinking, a new way of doing it. And we just got to be ready to embrace it. Love it. Man, this has been such a good uh, conversation, Pastor Rob. We could probably be here for another hour just talking about this. Um, let me, before I, I talk a little bit about a veil, how can, how can people find the book, connect with you, you know, website, social media? Can you shoot that out to us? Yeah, they can go to robketterling.com. Um, they can go to speedofunity.com. They can get the book on Amazon. It's not all the formats. It's digital. It's print. I did the audio book, which my son, Logan, he's like, Dad, you have to read it. You can't let somebody else read it for you. You have to do it. So I did the reading. Um, and then you add those little things in there. Um, and then if they want to do bulk orders, they can do speedofunity.com uh, slash bulk. And, and if that... Yeah, they can they can get a hold of us. They can get the awesome. bulk, and, and I, you, you know, so we've had people do bulk orders, and um, yeah. So it's it. It seems like a, it seems like it could be a great book for teams, for ministry. Oh teams, yes, staff teams, even the, even like a life group or a small group. You know that they just want to learn and you know in this area of of unity and hundred percent. That's get it for your board members, your your staff. Get it get it for the whole team like that. That's really good. Um, what about, are, are you on social media? Is that something you do? Yeah, or? yeah. Rob Ketter. I mean, yes, I am, but I'm diminishing, but I am there. Rob <laughs> Ketterling uh, is my Twitter. Rob Ketterling is my Instagram. 
Okay, I'll confess this. I have a Facebook page I've never met. I, 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 somebody took me there once. I was like, oh, that's me. I just don't have enough time for it. So I was like, <laughs> I really don't want to do Facebook. I don't have enough time. Gotcha. And so I've actually stopped doing a lot of that. And it's starting to be just leadership posting because I got yeah. tired of like telling people what I had for breakfast and lunch. Right. And, this and my, here's our, you know, it just, it, I got so busy, but it is there. And I, it's cool. mostly leadership stuff versus, uh, you know, and then that political stuff got me in trouble. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> so, but all that's there and we, they could connect. And of awesome. course our church, rivervalley.org, um, our weekly sermons are there and, and things like that. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I want to mention something because I know you've mentioned to me that you, you've you experienced it. It's the Avail Journal. Yeah. I want to mention to everybody listening or watching to, uh, this podcast that the um, we have an amazing offer right now, which is you can claim a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal. It comes out quarterly, which means you're going to get four of these for free. This is an amazing uh, uh, resource with leadership content. I mean, there's article after article uh, for today's Christian leader. Um, Pastor Rob, have you had an opportunity to check out the Vail Journal? I have. I did. And I got a, a bulk subscription, which you didn't know, but I got a 10, you know, person. I got it for my leadership team to get that. And I love it. It feels like a, a, a coffee store, like a coffee table book. And then of course, you know, I'm like seated out in newsstands and I'm like, there it is. You know, and, and I, you know, I'm a huge, fan uh, of Sam Chan. I, yeah. to me, um, I call him my confirming second voice and I meet <laughs> with him at least three times a year for coaching. And, uh, I, I tell you what, I love the things I get every book. I get avail. I, I read it all. I, I he, I just, he's my go-to guy. Yeah. He's preached for our church. They love him. <laughs> of course he mocked me. Cause I would, he's like, Pastor Rob, wearing those skinny jeans. I don't know. I was like, come on, Sam, don't be bugging. But no, the the wisdom that's there in that magazine, in his ministry, in the books, love every minute of it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, you know, I think that is great—a great resource for pastors and leaders who have teams or leadership teams. Uh, you know, doing a book subscription of the Avail Journal, I think, is a great idea. And you're right, Dr. Sam Chan is a blessing. Uh, anything with you know Christian leadership and church leadership, just the wealth of wisdom and, and knowledge yes. and gifting that God has placed in His heart is is amazing. So we're thankful for that. And uh, I I'd like to wrap up this conversation, Pastor Rob, with you kind of giving some closing thoughts. We've had a great conversation on speed of unity you know, and, and also about some of the things that just have our passion points in your life and your heart right now. What do you want to leave everybody with today? I think I'll, I'll, I'll go through it. Like speed of agreement, you got to get their minimum speed of vision. And we've heard this, people say vision leaks mm -hmm. for a long time. We heard you got to keep uh, resharing the vision, reshare the vision, reshare the vision. Um, when it comes to speed of unity, and I didn't put this in the book, but it's a thought coming to me now. It's, it's, you have to protect it. I, I talked about protecting it, but what I mean is it's so fragile. It can be yeah. lost. The speed of unity, one offensive thing can break down the speed of unity. You don't realize that. Mm. Like you can offend somebody and then you've got to mend the fences. So it's a proactive daily. It's not like you wrote the vision down and everybody can look at it and be reminded. Mm. It's, it's a relationship with unity, if you will. And that relationship is going to require extra effort 
extra care, concern, love, forgiveness, communication, all those things. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it. When you are running at that speed, you'll never want to go back again to another speed. Vision won't be fast enough. You'll have to get to the speed of unity because, and you'll never be, it's just like, oh, this is fun, this vision. But unity, another level. And it's like, you were made for this. Think about this. Before sin entered this world, we were in perfect unity with God. We were made for unity. And so any step in that direction just gets us closer to what we were made for. Love that. You know, I think, I think just thinking, just thinking about the fact that, that it's, it's something that Jesus prayed for so intentionally and intently, you know, John 17 is, is a great reminder that there's something godly in there. Um, And I think it's true. I think it's easy to maybe reach a good point or a good spot, but then get comfortable or complacent and not realize, Hey, this could slip out if you're not intentional and it's not becoming part of the culture. So this is awesome. Thank you, Pastor Rob, for sharing uh, about Speed of Unity, for writing the book. Um, again, everybody, if, if you can go to robketterling.com, speedofunity.com, get more information about how you can get the book, you know, maybe even ask how you can get some bulk orders for your team, you know, or for whoever you want to bless with, I think it's going to be a great resource. Um, Pastor Rob, this has been awesome. Thank you for taking the time to, to share with me, our Avail team. On behalf of the Avail leadership team, Dr. Sam Chand, uh, everybody who's behind this, Mark Time, Van Tilborg, and the whole team, we're really honored um, to connect with you, thankful for you. We honor you, and we bless you for your leadership, uh, for for breaking ground in so many ways, uh, and, and really being an inspiration to a lot of, uh, you know, younger pastors that are maybe starting off in ministry. I think the Lord has given you a voice, uh, and he's given you a pen, you know, to write, you know, some of these books, and we're, we're blessed to be on the receiving end of, of a lot of these. Thank you. It was my privilege. Love every minute of it. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for connecting once again to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. Our heart is to provide uh, resources, to produce resources that are relevant and practical for today's Christian leader. My name is Virgil Sierra, Avail Media host, pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. Honored to be with you guys and hope to see you next time or connect with you next time here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. We hope you've been inspired to run at the speed of unity by this conversation with Rob Ketterling. Remember, you can connect with Pastor Rob at robketterling.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at availjournal.com. And if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at The Avail Leadership Podcast. Thank you.